Hello and welcome to this podcast. This is Reverend Mary Ellen Swartz. I'm an ordained unity minister and I've been uh, sharing some thoughts on some of the parables of Jesus. Of course, everyone I'm sure knows that a parable is a story that contains within it many other stories. And so the parable that uh, I wanted to look at with you this time is uh, the one about the two sons. And it can be found in the 21st chapter of Matthew. And basically it's a story of a man who had two sons who told them to go work in his vineyard. The first son refused, but then later he changed his mind and he went. The second son right away said he would go, but then he never did. And so the son who ultimately did what his father wanted was the first son who had a change of mind and heart. And so basically Jesus was likening the first son to the the outcasts of Jewish society, the um, prostitutes, the, the tax collectors, um, people who actually accepted the message of John the Baptist and in spite of how they had been living, they had a change of mind and heart. And so Jesus is likening that the first son who was who basically said no, but then had a change of heart to, to them. And the second son to the religious authorities of the day. And so this parable was given in response to the religious authorities, uh, the chief priests and elders who were questioning uh, Jesus' authority for teaching. And they said, who is this Jesus who comes in to Jerusalem uh, receiving the praises of the masses, teaching in the temple? And so basically that's what they presented him with the question, by what authority are you doing this? Well, they were familiar with um, the uh, rabbi's teaching by posing a question uh, in answer to a question. And so we see Jesus was following that same kind of method when he put the question to them about the authority. He avoided making any claim for himself, but he went to their own approach to John. And they certainly knew what he was doing, I'm sure. So, by what authority? It's sort of like, who do you think you are? This is the kind of question that might be said in other ways. And you think about how it applies in our own life today. Maybe somebody goes into a new business or... Or, or maybe they're going to do something and someone says, so, well, you know, who do you think you are? What, what background do you have for that? What education do you have for that? By what authority do you, do you have this ability to work in this area, to uh, be participating, taking a stand uh, for equality and uh, human rights and so on? Because sometimes the easiest thing is just to say, well, it's always been that way and not try to change things. 
So by what authority? Another way of looking at this would be uh, when somebody asks for proof about something that we believe. How do you know that that's so? Is there any by what authority question that might be being put to us, either from the outside or from the inside? And that's from the inside, um, the, the human ego self that, that often does question our authority. And sometimes we question somebody else's authority. Now, who do, who do they think they are to be doing such and so? So as we look at the parable that Jesus followed uh, this with, we see he uses the symbols of two sons. Now, in, in unity and in my understanding, we always look at what at the different parts, the different players, as it were, in whatever the story is or the drama is. And think about them not as representing something outside of us, but think about them as representing something within us. So we see here that Jesus uses a symbol of two sons who are both asked by their father to go and work in the vineyard. One flatly refused, but then later he changed his mind and he went. The other politely, I guess, said he, he would go, but um, instead he didn't. And so Jesus asked the question, which is doing the will of the Father? And he told this particular parable, probably with a thought as to the social customs and culture of the times. It might not have the same impact today um, to have a story of a son or a daughter saying no to a parent. Um, but at that time in culture, uh, in the culture, it would have brought shame uh, on a father to have that have a son verbally disobey him. And so, in the in the story, um, it's a response to two groups of people. Um, the two sons represent two groups of people that Jesus is speaking to. Or, or relating to. One is the tax collectors and uh, harlots, as he said, or the outcasts uh, by the religious leaders of the day. And the other was the scribes and the Pharisees. And so Jesus is indicating that the publicans or the tax collectors and the harlots believed John when he told them to repent or to make a change in their lives. In other words, they were looking for a better way. They wanted a different way of life. And when they saw it was possible, they accepted it. On the other hand, the scribes and Pharisees felt they were justified and had no need to make any changes. So they rejected John's message. And that's really what Jesus was saying. So anyway, at first glance, we see... The first son could represent <clears throat> us when it feels like um, the way that we've been going is not the way that uh, is, is making for uh, the kind of life that we really want. And so uh, repenting means to have a change of mind, a change of heart, 
a change of direction. And the second son, which as we said, could look like the scribes and Pharisees, you know, they're they're the ones that all all their life they've they say they're serving God, they say they're obeying the commandments, but when it came down to it they really didn't listen and they thought of the spiritual life as just words. Sometimes this parable is sort of like how talk is cheap and actions speak louder than words. So we know the message of the parable is not just the literal story which you know had to do with those who were either accepting John's message or, or rejecting it. But there there are levels that apply to us in our spiritual growth. It's not just a story about somebody else. It's about the story of each of us individually. In Unity's book, Your Hope of Glory, by Elizabeth Sand Turner, we're told the parable of the two sons is a reminder that it is what we do, not what we say, that is important. The first son represents us when we refuse to accept and live by a spiritual standard. In other words, decline to work in the Father's vineyard. But then later, repent and 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 does it. The second typifies those who make a great boast about being spiritual and yet honestly do not live in accordance with spiritual principle. So in Jesus' teachings, I always find that he doesn't give rules and regulations and then uh, tell us that if we do that, then that's enough. Instead, what I see him doing is focusing on inner transformation, changes of mind and heart. And he says in so many different ways that it isn't first what we do in the outer that's important, but it's what we do in the inner that is most important. For whatever reason, we may initially reject some aspect of truth, some aspect of the spiritual teachings. And we, we all have a bit of rebellion in us when there's something new or there's a different way. And we maybe even feel like it might be good for us, but maybe our initial response is to say, no, um, I don't want to, I don't want to have a change of mind on that. I already made up my mind. Um, that's the way I've always done it. That's the way I've only always thought and so on. But then maybe on second thought, we change our mind and we see there's something to that. There's, it's valid. And so we're kind of like the first son. Sometimes the first son represents us at those times when it feels like we've sunk low and we don't have much use for ourselves. And yet this can be a catalyst for us to begin searching for something better. Without false pride, it's amazing how open our minds can be. It's something like the saying, and I'm sure we've all heard, that religion is for those who are afraid of going to hell, and spirituality is for those who've already been there. And we can kind of relate to that. 
we probably all know people who may not say they live a, a, a spiritually in tune life, but if we look at how they live their lives, we say they they live what might be called godly lives, even though they may say they don't speak much about their their beliefs to other people, but we can see it showing up in their life. Uh, they don't have to tell us that they believe God is love. We see it in their life. They, they practice it. On the other hand, um, some of us are, are just, we hear something and, and we say, our first response is something like, oh, I know somebody who needs to hear this. Probably we've always already uh, been in a situation like that. We punch our neighbor if we're sitting in an audience. We say, "Oh, you know, don't we just know somebody who could use this message?" And and we're kind of like that second son. And in other words, we think we've got it together, but somebody else could really use this. There are those who don't put into practice the truth they talk about, and. There is a, a distinction between words and deeds, between intentions and actions. And so what's important is not the words we use, but our thoughts and our actions. How are we living our life? And it's interesting, there are still aspects of Pharisees today in us. If we look within us, we'll no doubt see one of them lurking about. Because in us, they're the aspects that see no need for change. Um, this would also have to do with accepting responsibility. You know, sometimes the Pharisee in us might excuse some habit or some trait, saying, well, this is just the way I always have been. Might as well just get used to it. If we look at this metaphysically, we can see that both sons are part of us. The father is part of us, and the vineyard is part of us. So it's important that we realize that we're here on planet Earth for spiritual growth, for spiritual awakening. We're here to remember who we are, to remember something maybe that we have forgotten, and that is that we are one with God, that we've never been separated, we only have thought we were. And so slowly, as spiritual beings, the more we are realizing this, the more we feel our oneness with all. The more we realize this, the more we know we can change our belief system. We can change the old ways that we've uh, thought or acted. And in fact, the more we realize that we're a spiritual being, the more there is a willingness to change so that we can have the peace that we deserve. The more we know ourselves as spiritual beings, the more we drop that laundry list of hurts and mistakes and, and, and grudges and so on. The more we know ourselves as spiritual beings, the more we realize how important forgiveness is. That, that it's, forgiveness is, is, um, a decision to not suffer anymore. It's really as simple and as difficult as that. Have you heard that forgiveness means we give up all hope 
for a better past. Forgiveness is means we give up all hope for a better past, and that's that's an uh, that's basically the the bottom line was forgiveness. And so what we see in the first son, um, and the tax collectors and the harlots, those who accepted the message of John, which was to repent, go a different way, change your mind, is open-mindedness. And what we see in the second son, the scribes and Pharisees, or that aspect of us, that's judgment, that's hard-heartedness. It's, it's, it's a mind that's made up. And um, so in the story, the father comes to the sons and asks them to work in the vineyard. The father in the parable represents our God self, the higher self of us, that in a sense comes to us, presenting to us the question, will you work in the vineyard? Will you work on your own consciousness? The vineyard is our consciousness, and it's the only place that any of us really work, and it's where we can begin to make changes. Always starts within. And it's a good reminder that the very thing we may be thinking about right now, uh, it, just to remind ourselves, don't try to first fix things on the outside. What can I do to change on the inside? What can I do to change my perception of this? What can I do to align myself with a willingness to be uh, in tune with my own higher self? And when I do that, the outer will follow. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to take some outer action. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. It'll. That's beside the point. It's just that we always know that change begins from within. Something important that we can take from this parable is be willing to change. That's how all growth and progress comes about. When we let traditions or the past or the way we've always been to get in the way. You know, that is what blocks our growth. That's what blocks our peace of mind. That's what blocks uh, the light shining through us. And so, as we move forth into our day and week and rest of um, our life, as it were, let's remind ourselves, do our best to have a willingness to let go of what we've believed ourselves to be. Have a willingness to be open to remembering that there's more to us than we've thought. Uh, be willing to be open to have a change of mind and a heart. And our next step is then to be totally committed to that, to act on that, to live in accordance with that. Not that we announce it to other people, but with just we live and move and have our being knowing that only God is real and walk our talk, knowing, living in the truth that only God is the reality in our lives. And so God bless you and um, have a wonderful day and a wonderful life. And I hope you tune in next time. And blessings. Bye for now.